0: Is there a beam targeting your brain right now?
1: <laughs> they're, they're very well, maybe. And welcome to the Monster Lore Tour Paranormal Deep Dives from the Edge of Nowhere podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Carr, here along with my co-host and the wave to my particle, Mr. Matt Ozero, a.k.a. The Moz. How are we doing today, Moz? No complaints. Kind of doing the podcasting from a spooky distance. Oh, yeah, we're entangled. Actually, the wave to my particle, that just means that we're the same thing, but only one of us can exist at a time. That's probably safer. We're yeah. like a beam of light in this dark, dark world, Moz. Yeah. Anywho, I don't think we have anything for old business. We covered some in episode 10. It was an interview episode, so no new notes there. If you think we're missing anything, send us an email to monsterloretor at com, or just leave some comments on whatever platform you're listening on. So uh, before we get going... I just want to say, you know, here we, here we are at episode 11 of MLT Moz. The Spinal Tap episode. Oh, yeah, the Spinal Tap episode. Yeah. We ch- up to 11. We, d- we should check on our drummer. Oh, no. <laughs> we went through that a while back, I think. <laughs> uh, but I just want to say we can't express enough how happy we are to be here. We hope everyone out there listening has been enjoying the podcast as much as we've enjoyed making it. And we would love to get your feedback, so if you could do us a quick favor, it would really help us out. Just give us a quick rating on whatever platform you're listening on, good or bad, doesn't matter, still helps with the algorithms, and you know, honesty lets us know how we're doing. And if you have any questions, comments, critiques, corrections, or what have yous for us, please put them in the comments or on whatever platform you're on as well. The more comments and reviews we get, the more attention the algorithms give us and listener feedback is invaluable to us in creating a product you actually want to listen to. Helps us all out in the end as we take this journey from hate to love with the Monster Lore Tour. And if you really want to help us out and it is within your means, please check out the different tiers of membership on our Patreon at patreon.com/monsterloretour. Thanks everybody. Now let's get on with this show. Today, we will be taking a bit of a tangent to cover a subject we touched upon in my previous UAP thought experiment, the Havana Syndrome. We'll go through the history and theories, get into how it ties in with what we were talking about, and discuss some theories of our own, as per usual. You ready, Moz? I am ready. All right, let's get into it. So, Havana Syndrome is a relatively recent newcomer to the conspiracy realm.
0: Yeah, we talked about this. I feel like it's older than it is. Yeah, I feel like I've heard about this for a long
1: time. I think it's just that because it, it does pop up a lot, especially if you you have the right news feed yeah. kind of thing. You know, it's uh, I get stories on this all the time now since I did my research on this. It's everywhere in the news. If I had to guess, though,
0: I'd say it's a lot older, and I don't. I think you're right. I don't think it
1: is. Yeah, as far as I can tell, the original episode, as we'll get into here in just a second, was from 2016. So it it really is a a, a very Recent sort of happening. Mm-hmm. Which would tie into more recent technologies. Right, right. But our story begins in Havana, Cuba, in late 2016. Late one night, some staffers at the U.S.
0: Embassy. You had to rub that in, make it even more recent by saying late 2016. You just <laughs> added that, didn't you? <laughs>
1: hey, it's in my notes, man. Okay, okay. Late one night, some staffers at the U.S. Embassy awoke to loud, piercing sounds in their ears. It is reported that the effect was in one ear for some experiencers, and in both ears for some others, and others had other strange sensations. The effect is described in an article from the Intelligencer from October of 2021 entitled, The Havana Syndrome Mystery and How the U.S. Plans to Solve It, as follows.
0: They described hearing harsh mechanical sounds and are experiencing uncomfortable pressure like the sensation of driving fast in a car with one window partially down. Some sufferers have said that when the symptoms first emerged, it felt like they were being hit with a beam of energy.
1: There you go. So this strange screeching in the ear and or pressure in the head was followed by sensations of severe nausea and vertigo. Some staffers at the Canadian Embassy in Havana reported experiencing a very similar in fact, strikingly similar, event in their own embassy. Members of the Canadian staff complained of inexplicable concussion-like symptoms, with one of the Canadian staffers referring to himself as a zombie. The strange sound in the ear that seems to set off this effect is notably temporary, but it seems to leave a slew of lingering symptoms in its wake. Reported symptoms of this strangeness include, but are not necessarily limited to, persistent nausea and vertigo, as experienced initially, migraine-type headaches, pain or pressure in the skull, vision problems, cognitive issues, and problem-solving difficulties, acute lack of focus and concentration, issues with memory, and persistent dizziness and fatigue. That's quite the list there, Moz.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, though, I mean, we were in zombie country. Why did we rule out voodoo or voodoo?
1: Oh, that's it's the interesting. Same, it's the
0: same area. Oh, so maybe, maybe that someone stole little care
1: off of his comb when he was at Hotel Havana. I, I never even thought of the yeah. voodoo aspect, but uh, it does go global, though. So, Anywho, according to the Washington Post, in an article published February 2nd, 2022, In some cases, the symptoms were intermittent. In others, they persisted and required long-term care. So a lot of people got the initial symptoms. Not everyone got the the really bad long-lingering ones, but it did seem a common thing.
0: Hmm.
1: This strange sickness became known as the Havana Syndrome because of the location of the initial cases, but this was not an anomalous happening. Over the years since the initial case in 2016, there have been reports of similar happenings with similar effects all over the world. Invariably, these cases have involved government officials from Western nations, primarily the U.S., and seem focused primarily on members of the international intelligence community. To put it a little plainer, members of the CIA seem to be particularly prone to experiencing Havana Syndrome. And the White House itself has experienced enough to be worried about it, but I digress. Let's get back to the facts. As I said, there have been reports of similar happenings to those in Havana in 2016. The following is an excerpt from an article published on Spyscape.com titled, Havana Syndrome, Seven Bizarre Things We've Learned About the Mysterious Illness. What began with a dozen complaints in Havana in 2016 soon rose to hundreds of reports including CIA staff in far-flung places. CIA officer Mark Polymeropoulos awoke in a Moscow hotel room with severe vertigo unable to stand. Mark Polymeropoulos told Spyscape's True Spies podcast, quote, Of course I'm concerned about the adversaries behind this, because ultimately I believe it's an act of war." Other CIA officers complain of attacks in London and Uzbekistan. Mystery ailments struck U.S. soldiers in Syria. Several incidents were reported in the U.S., including a National Security Council staffer who described collapsing at the White House gates, convinced he was going to die.
0: Uzbekistan. Um,
1: What what did Borat know, and when did he know it?
0: (laughs) No, you just said polymer polymer polymeropol
1: polymeropolis.
0: Does that mean city of plastic? What does that mean?
1: I know it kind (laughs) of sounds like it, doesn't it? It's just the guy's last name. He's obviously Greek, but yeah, polymeropolis. Okay,
0: I'm
1: just okay. (laughs) (laughs) Plastic city. Yeah, that totally sounds like that, doesn't it? (laughs) It It's Raccoon City. I think that was Resident Evil. That's good language skills there, Moss. Okay. Uh, So in, in February of 2022, the Washington Post in an article titled What to Know About Havana Syndrome, The Mysterious Illness Affecting U.S. Officials Around the World, said this about the now infamous Havana Syndrome.
0: The mysterious ailment known as Havana Syndrome began afflicting U.S. diplomats and intelligence officers in Cuba's capital in late 2016. More than five years later as many as 200 incidents have been reported among U.S. personnel in a list of countries that include Russia, China, Colombia, Uzbekistan and even the United States itself.
1: So we see that this is happening all over the place and with some frequency. The problem of Havana syndrome is very much on the radar of the U.S. government these days for some of the more recent issues with this mysterious brain spasm epidemic among government officials. Let's go back to the Intelligencer article from 2021 I referenced earlier. In August, Vice President Kamala Harris's trip from Singapore to Vietnam was delayed after the US Embassy in Hanoi warned of a report of a recent possible anomalous health incident. Remember that, anomalous health incident the language that government officials use to describe Havana syndrome symptoms. And in September, a member of CIA director William Burns' team reported symptoms of Havana syndrome on a trip to India with Burns. The incident left him fuming with anger, according to a source who spoke to CNN, giving the perception to some officials that no one is safe from the mysterious ailment. Yeah, if Mr. Byrne said that, that's gotta be... (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Byrne says no one's safe. Then there's this story from BBC on January 13th, 2022. Over to you, Moss. British accent, if you could, from the BBC here, Moss.
0: Oh, okay. Havana Syndrome, U.S. baffled after new cases in Europe. Four more U.S. diplomats working in Geneva and Paris have fallen ill with suspected neurological illness known as Havana Syndrome. U.S. media report. Three diplomats became sick in the Swiss city and one in the French capital last summer, with some 200 people affected over five years. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the American government was working to get to
1: the bottom of this mystery. Thank you much, Maas. And what's more, we have this story from politico.com. See, I told you this is all over the news all the time. From Politico.com on March 6th, 2023. Pentagon still probing what caused Havana syndrome, even after spy agencies found no smoking gun. DoD researchers are testing weapons to find out what's behind the unexplained health problem. The Defense Department is continuing to conduct its own research into what the government calls anomalous health incidents including what may have caused them and whether a weapon is responsible, according to five people familiar with the effort. The research into the mysterious ailment referred to as Havana Syndrome, that has affected more than a thousand government employees over the past several years, is continuing despite an intelligence community assessment released last week that said there was no evidence to support the theory that the incidents were caused by a foreign adversary wielding a weapon.
0: I think you said 200 a uh, paragraph ago. We've already got 1,000.
1: Exactly. A few more paragraphs, and we're we're doomed. That was what? A paragraph uh, ago. That was like 12 14, seconds ago. 14 months, it went from 200 people to 1,000. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. It's been a very constant thing. And all this is backed up by the fact that in Kevin McCarthy's debt limit bill that was released on April 19th, 2023, there was included $842 billion for the military. Included in that $842 billion was a Pentagon request for at least $36 million to respond to Havana Syndrome specifically. Now, if it was really all just psychogenetic, or if they had any idea what was causing it, would they be requesting that kind of funding to research it? I don't know. I mean it is the government. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta hedge your (laughs) Any anyone's guess is as good as mine, but to me that sounds like, you know,
0: but usually they only fund things that they they take responsibility for. Right. Right. oh but wait, they don't take responsibility. Never
1: mind. Yeah, but have you or a loved one? They may be doing a uh, you know a CYA ahead of time kind of thing as well. Yeah, there's Sherman and Peabody this shit. <laughs> that, that, that's a point we'll actually come back to later on. But, the, but this is scary stuff, right? And the scariest part about it is that after all this time and effort and all these different related events, we still have no idea what's going on. No one is sure why this is happening, how it is happening, why it would be being done if someone's doing it on purpose, or what the hell might be causing it if they aren't i just confused myself. That's not what I'm getting at common. is a lot of people have been looking at a lot of different possibilities as to how or why this Havana syndrome effect is happening. Some say it's all in the victim's heads. We'll get to those theories later in our Sir Richard Scully Muggles Skeptics Review. Mass it's like psychogenic illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? But I want to primarily focus on what seems to be the most common theory for what is causing Havana syndrome. As evidenced by the headlines and stories you'll find about the subject, the theory that these incidents are directed attacks being perpetrated by unknown entities with unknown technology. That narrows it down. It's <laughs> Yeah, secret, real secret weapon type stuff at work here is, is a very common theory to this. I mean, it, it's both sides of the coin all the time. Let's move on. So where does this theory of some mysterious unseen weapon with such strange mental effects come from? Let's start at the beginning as we like to do here at Monster Lore Tour. Here is an excerpt from the previously cited article from Spyscape.
0: During the Cold War, beams of microwaves were aimed at the U.S. Embassy building in Moscow from at least 1953 to 1976. According to medical studies involving embassy staff, initially a beam bathed the 10-floor U.S. Embassy directed from an apartment building about 100 yards to the west. By 1975, there were two beams, one directed from about 100 yards east and the other south. The U.S. determined espionage was the most likely motive, with beams used to activate embassy bugs or to interfere with American transmissions. A shield was eventually installed, and at least officially, no adverse health effects were found.
1: I like how they put in at least officially. Yeah, that's the proto-Havana syndrome, right? That's the first attempt. Well, the, this at is the beginning of the technology that right. may have led to this.
0: Wouldn't uh, it be cool, though, if they could like like create the shield to like beam it back to the building? I mean, that's what Bugs Bunny would do. Oh, yeah, bounce it back on <laughs> them. Yeah. Yeah, I reflective shield. Bet, bet you shields. the CIA didn't think of that, did they?
1: That's why they, they need me. They might have by now. Call me. I'm available. <laughs> 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 but anywho, uh, so if we're going to get into the conspiracy side of this and of course we are because that's why we're here this would be the beginning of the research into what are called DEWs directed energy weapons there you go. so that's what that's what you're getting on yes to the Russian beams in the Cold War seemed to be innocuous enough at least officially as the previous excerpt said but even if that is the case here this was the beginning of the concept of directed energy weapons. Things have come a long way since then, though, Moz. All right, first let's define what directed energy weapons are. This is an excerpt from a paper I found on ndupress.ndu.edu, written by Henry Trey Obering III. According to DOD's joint publication 3-13, Electronic Warfare, Directed energy is described as an umbrella term covering technologies that produce a beam of concentrated electromagnetic energy or atomic or subatomic particles. Directed energy warfare is military action involving the use of directed energy weapons, devices, and countermeasures to either cause direct damage or destruction of adversary equipment, facilities, and personnel, or to determine, exploit, reduce, or prevent hostile use of the electromagnetic spectrum through damage, destruction, and disruption. Directed energy weapons include high-energy lasers, high-power radio frequency or microwave devices, and charged or neutral particle beam weapons. Microwaves and lasers are both part of the electromagnetic spectrum, which includes light energy and radio waves. The distinction between them is the wavelength slash frequency of the energy. While they are both part of the electromagnetic spectrum, laser and microwave weapons operate very differently and have very different effects.
0: I thought that was the Iridium X-59 space modulator.
1: Space modulator. <laughs> so we're talking about beams and a lot of different kinds of beams with different uses and effects, okay? Gym beams. Gym beam to create a pinpoint effect from a distance without leaving any physical evidence of the attack outside of the victim's symptoms like what we are theorizing for Havana Syndrome here the problem here is no such beam is known to exist, at least not officially. Unofficially there is reason to suspect that such a beam very well could and may exist let's move on with our history lesson here to see what I mean Around the same time the Russians were attempting to microwave the U.S. embassy, a man named Alan H. Frey was conducting some similar research of his own. According to Wikipedia, quote, Alan H. Frey is an American neuroscientist known for his research and writing during the Cold War on the nature of the microwave auditory effect, also known as the Frey effect, named after him because he pioneered it. The Frey Effect is more technically known as the Microwave Auditory Effect. So what the heck is that, you may ask, uh, like I did when I first saw it in my research, the Microwave Auditory Effect. Well, let's have Moz give us the wiki on that, Moz.
0: The Microwave Auditory Effect, also known as the Microwave Hearing Effect, or the Frey Effect, consists of the human perception of audible clicks or even speech induced by pulsed or modulated radio frequencies. The communications are generated directly inside the human head without the need of any receiving electronic device. The effect was first reported by persons working in the vicinity of the radar transponders during World War II. In 1961, the American neuroscientist Alan H. Frey studied the phenomenon and was the first to publish information on the nature of the microwave auditory effect.
1: And on September 29, 1961... Alan H. Frey presented for publication the paper that established the Frey effect in the journals of science. The title of that paper is Human Auditory System Response to Modulated Electromagnetic Energy. And I found that paper online at braincontrolhedge.files.wordpress.com All these links will be in the show notes as well. The opening paragraph of that paper begins as follows. The intent of this paper is to bring a new phenomenon to the attention of physiologists. Using extremely low average power densities of electromagnetic energy, the perception of sounds was induced in normal and deaf humans. The effect was induced several hundred feet from the antenna the instant the transmitter was turned on and is a function of carrier frequency and modulation. Attempts were made to match the sounds induced by electromagnetic energy and acoustic energy. The closest match occurred when the acoustic amplifier was driven by the RF transmitter's modulator. Little bit of techie stuff there, but basically they were inducing sound in people with waves. With beams, if we can work out this click thing for the
0: Texas Hold'em next time, Bone has one of those. Ooh, there you go. We can we can win a lot of
1: money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got to call
0: us Frey guy.
1: We got to figure out this technology and go to Vegas. Yeah, but but this is some cool stuff right here. The paper goes on with a lot of technical stuff about how to accomplish this effect. If you want to get deeper into it, again, the link will be in the show notes. For now, let's just focus on the fact that he was able to produce auditory responses in not only people with hearing, but also deaf people from a notable distance Mm -hmm. with no physical signs of the process other than the sensations of the test subjects. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. This was just a basic auditory effect and isn't recorded as having any adverse effects on the subjects, but it sounds an awful lot like the first steps towards building a Havana syndrome machine does it not
0: yeah targeted aim at your brain you know you don't have to yeah. you not you're not trying to get clicks or a, some kind of system you're not
1: you're just trying to disrupt the exactly. brain get get into the brain wave patterns or what have you Yeah. right but it was instant as soon as they turned the transmitter on it was at a distance no signs of anything happening except to the people feeling the effect of it.
0: It's like spooky podcasting from a distance. It's just what we there said when go. we started. Yeah, yeah. They're using the waves. Can of we direct our, our podcast to people's brains and you know, make them become Patreon members? We'll work on that later.
1: We weren't, we weren't <laughs> supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> we got to call a frayed guy. <laughs> Anywho, we're just kidding, uh, or are what? we? And just as an aside, Moz, let's get back on point. Do you remember when I brought this up in the UAP episode? I think I do, yeah, because it was related to... I'm I'm going to recap it for okay. you here a little bit for all those who uh, don't don't remember because it, w- it was a while ago at this point. Uh, to recap, we were talking about how, quote, on April 5th, 2022, the DOD honored a four-year-old four-year request made by the British tabloid The Sun. This release of information contained more than 1500 pages of records on Americans who have encountered who have had encounters with UFOs or UAPs. The report describes 42 cases from medical files and 300 unpublished cases where humans sustained injuries after alleged encounters with anomalous vehicles which include UFOs. The report also noted cases of brain damage nerve damage, heart palpitations, and headaches related to anomalous vehicle encounters. And now we see that both field propulsion and the Frey effect are both based on studies of electromagnetic wave theories and seem to create similar spectrum of symptoms. Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah, it sounds like, you know, in some ways when we do electromagnetic stuff and, and we also have... spontaneous trance you could go into, other altered states of consciousness, you could have more monster sightings. It's just like being behind a group of power lines in your house, you're more likely to experience poltergeist phenomenon. This is is one of those things that I wonder if there's an uptick in Cuba of the monstrous. As a side note, total side note.
1: That's actually interesting because we are always talking about how the mind state affects your perception of the monsters. Right. And this is very much... Altering people's mind yeah. states, yeah, yeah, that that's a great point, Moss. Yeah, so we could become shamans, uh, or we can just have our brains We could actually it. find a technological way to flip that shaman switch in people's brains to give them that power, like kind of you know, like creating super people with just waves. Yeah, what a great concept. I, I thought I was waves, you're your particles. So I'm I'm, oh right. I'm right. The wave to my part. So you're the wave. Yeah. So I'm, you're responsible for Yes, this. in a good way though. <laughs> it's all Maz's fault, everybody. Yeah. As usual. But in a good way. Anywho, uh I also just want to say, in the whole anomalous thing, the anomalous health incidents and anomalous vehicle encounters, sounds to me like they're in the same category somehow in the government's mind as well on that, you know. Just mm-hmm. I just wanted to show everyone how we got here as far as Referencing it in our previous episode and what it really had in common. But let's, let's move on with our tack here. So Alan H. Frey's paper later goes on to say more about potential effects. Why don't you take this one for me too Ma?
0: In contrast, using average power densities measured in microwatts per square centimeter, we have found that other effects which are transient can be induced with this energy. Further, these effects occur the instant the transmitter is turned on. With appropriate modulation, the perception of various sounds can be induced in clinically deaf as well as normal human subjects at a distance of inches up to thousands of feet from the transmitter. With somewhat different transmitter parameters, we can induce the perception of severe buffeting of the head without such apparent vestibular symptoms as dizziness or nausea. Changing transmitter parameters, again, one can induce a pins and needles sensation.
1: So you just have to tweak those transmitter parameters and you can apparently start doing all kinds of weird stuff to people's brains from close up or at a good distance. Now, remember what we read earlier from the Intelligencer regarding the original victims at the U.S. Embassy in Havana in 2016. They described experiencing uncomfortable pressure, like the sensation of driving fast in a car with one window partially down. Some sufferers have said that when the symptoms first emerged, it felt like they were being hit with a beam of energy. So we see what you just read with somewhat different transmitter parameters. We can induce the perception of severe buffeting of the head. Like the sensation of driving fast in a car with one window partially down. It's the same thing. You
0: know, what it reminds me of is uh, the God Helmet. When you, it was just what I was talking about with altered states of consciousness. If you stimulate different parts of the brain, you get different effects. Uh, yeah. From doppelganger, I just was just reading about this actually for another episode.
1: And and these things, you know, this study from Mister Frey back in the day produced. You know, when they started tweaking the 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 transmitter parameters, Mm -hmm. they started producing kind of what seems like low-level symptoms of Havana syndrome. Right. So here we go, following the course. Alan H. Frey's work created the sensation without any side effects or lingering symptoms, though. It was much more innocuous than what we're seeing with Havana syndrome.
0: Because he's not trying to weaponize it for
1: evil. Right. Okay, so let's move on. The road does not stop there following in the tracks of the Russians and Alan H Frey a number of scientists continued down this research path according to Wikipedia quote, in 1975 an article by neuropsychologist Don Justison discussing radiation effects on human perception referred to an experiment by Joseph C sharp and mark grove at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research during which Sharpengrove reportedly were able to recognize 9 out of 10 words transmitted by voice-modulated microwaves. Since the radiation levels approached the then-current 10 milliwatts per centimeter squared limit of safe exposure, critics have observed that under such conditions brain damage from thermal effects of high-power microwave radiation would occur. And there was no conclusive evidence for microwave auditory effect at lower energy densities. I'm going to repeat that one part. Critics have observed that under such conditions, brain damage from thermal effects of high-power microwave radiation would occur. Yeah. That sounds bad. to me like they found a weapon. Yeah. That's, That's what bad. It sounds like to me, right? Yeah.
0: Have you or a loved one been point it been targeted by a eight fifty six base
1: modulator. <laughs> you may be eligible for compensation. But but we do see another progression here. Now we have the proven ability to literally talk inside someone else's head from a distance. The problem is, however, if you do it too much, it appears you might fry the receiver's brain out.
0: But isn't it a series of clicks they were talking about? It wasn't. No, like- it said nine out of ten
1: words clicks to words right so we've switched from clicks to words right like they're literally talking inside other people's heads it's crazy stuff now it can really win a texas hold'em yeah right here it says reportedly were able to recognize nine out of ten words transmitted by voice modulated microwaves so they had a thing where somebody would talk into you know a microphone that turned it into microwaves so, and beamed it at them and they could hear nine out of 10 words so, in their head
0: phrase was clicks. And now this is words. A, right. And
1: this is almost 50 years ago. Where do you think they're at with this now? Yeah. But anywho, let's get back on track. All the
0: here. people we put on Thorazine and we didn't have to, <laughs> that's all I'm thinking.
1: But seriously, they can do it, but if they do it too much, it looks like it's going to fry the person's brain that they're trying to talk to. But so at this point, the bad guys all ask, we can use this to fry someone's brain out, you say? <clears throat> and the plot thickens. One more step towards this mystery weapon we're looking for. Now let's look at some developments within the U.S. since these discoveries in the 60s and 70s. For example, the saga of the Medusa Project. The name lets you know how ominous it is. Uh, are you familiar, Boss?
0: Yeah, she was one of the Gorgon sisters. Head wreathed <laughs> with snakes. Her reflection terrible. Medusa
1: yeah, project, was. Maz. Okay. No, I'm no. the myth guy. Sorry. Okay, well, well, let's get you acquainted with this this version of Medusa then. Uh, read us this next bit from Wikipedia, if you would.
0: In 2003, four Waveband Corp had a contract from the U.S. Navy for the design of an MAE system they called Medusa, Mob Access Deterrent using silent audio that was intended to temporarily incapacitate personnel through remote application. Reportedly, Sierra Nevada Corp. took over the contract from Waveband. Experts such as Kenneth Foster, a University of Pennsylvania bioengineering professor, who published research on the microwave auditory effect in 1974, have discounted the effectiveness of the proposed device. Foster said that because of the human biophysics, the device would kill you well before you were bothered by the noise.
1: Hmm. So that's a pretty extreme reaction. This, this might sound like the end, but there was a lot of argument in the scientific field about the potential effectiveness of this device and the veracity of the brain fry hypothesis, as I fry named fry. it. Fry fry. It's fry fry. Fry yeah. fry. And a few years later, ABC News published this following article. July 4th, 2008, a U.S. company claims it is ready to build a microwave ray gun able to beam sounds directly into people's heads. The device, dubbed Medusa, exploits the microwave audit audio effect in which short microwave pulses rapidly heat tissue, causing a shockwave inside the skull that can be detected by the ears. This creeps me out. A series of pulses can be transmitted to produce recognizable sounds. The device is aimed for military or crowd control applications, but may have other uses. Lev Sadovnik of the Sierra Nevada Corporation in the US is working on the system, having started work on a US Navy research contract. The Navy's report states that the effect was shown to be effective. And here's the Navy again developing all this stuff in conjunction with those those field drives that we were talking about in the UAP episode. and their favor, it really seems like a very related technology, right? Just a you know, it's same technology in a very different application is what it's, it seems like to me here. So, was this also reverse engineered from other places?
0: Well, it also seems like they just said we can't do this any further cuz it's just more of a weapon and they said and the, and and the military said what
1: what did you say <laughs> <laughs> yeah ex- exactly exactly <laughs> like oh wait we got to turn that down yeah. we're going to hurt somebody and they were like yeah. wait you can hurt people with that <laughs> nice nice <laughs> oh what a sad thought anywho um and we're actually going to be talking more in the side trail about those field propulsion systems that the Navy's working on, that we were talking about in the UAP episodes. But it really seems that, you know, that inside information played a role in the Medusa project. It's, I don't know. They, it all seems connected to me. But anywho, let's get back on track here. Looks to me like the Sierra Nevada Corp in 2004 said the Medusa project couldn't be achieved within the required parameters but it is known that in 2008, the project was still a go with full government funding. Now let's look at an article from The Pitch at pitchfork.com in an article published on June 9th, 2020. So we're getting closer to current. This is titled, Understanding the LRAD, the sound cannon police are using at protests and how to protect yourself from it. You to take this one, Moss. Usage of LRADs, which can be
0: loud enough to induce vomiting and cause ear damage, has been documented at protests across the country. Just as activists have raised their voices demanding justice for George Floyd and the many killed by police violence, the police have met them with their own sound, the LRAD. These audio devices, colloquially known as sound cannons, can be used either as conventional public address speaker systems or to generate extremely loud, high-frequency sounds, specifically intended for the dispersal of crowds, which can also cause pain, disorientation, and injury to those exposed to them. Genesis, manufacturer of this LRAD, issued a press release touting its use by police departments in seven cities during the protests of the last week, including Portland, Oregon, Colorado Springs, San Jose, and Fort Lauderdale.
1: So there you go. Seems to me like the Medusa Project, which they said couldn't work in 2004, was working just fine in 2020. What do you think, Moss?
0: Well, it's interesting. And you know me. I have to go back to monsters. Disorientation is really common. Like maybe the Kustika and Iraq and some of these other monsters have one of these devices. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, or you might, I mean, but in all seriousness, it I might be sim- similar wavelengths in the brain to to those you know visual experiences that we can get with the monsters right but maybe it is attached to the same wavelengths that are going on here
0: yeah I think it's easy to turn our br- scramble our brainwaves a little bit and Just when that, those things happen. that little one tweak. little
1: tweak in your frequency and everything changes. Yes. Pretty, pretty astounding stuff, actually. Yeah,
0: we're honed in on re- this reality. is actually quite a small, it actually takes quite an effort to be Richard Dawkins and not see anything around you of any meaning or thought of, or, or interest.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he must be <laughs> very focused yeah. in, in a very set mindset. Yeah. But as we go on here, uh, we can't forget the originators of the theory, the OG of the MAE. Here is an article dated 11 2018 from Reuters with the headline, Russia buys crowd control vehicles that emit sonic waves and light. Russia's National Guard, which polices anti-government protests, has purchased two vehicles fitted with a laser and a sonic sound system to disorient people raising fears among the opposition they could be used to disperse peaceful protesters. The two minivans, fitted with what is described as a non-lethal system, cost a total of 65.2 million rubles, which is just under 1 million American dollars at the time. According to a public procurement order posted online, which indicated they had been delivered in October, If necessary, they could use something like this against crowds in the streets, said Lubav Sobol, a Navalny ally, who listed a number of other high-tech crowd-control vehicles at the authorities' disposal. And there you have it. The Russians seem not to have given up on the R&D for MAEs. So we have the big two from the Times we've covered so far, the U.S. and the Soviet Union slash Russia, both seemingly in the hunt for this type of weaponized tech. They seem to just keep tweaking their transmitters and seeing what happens next. Is it is it time to panic yet here, boss?
0: <laughs> the only thing I went with this with this was 5G. When you said we were doing this, that's the only thing I looked into. 5G? Yeah, well, you got these things where they're setting up more and more just basic to, sure, to sure. get data. All they
1: got to do is tweak that transmitter a little and they can right. give us all the Havana syndrome. Yeah, we got Musk saying?
0: setting up all this stuff. We have... Uh, you know. All these cell
1: towers around us. Just think of the number of satellites and orbiting the planet staring down at us all the time. Yeah. Just Uh, tweak those transmitters a little bit, man. Yeah. I'm doing this weird, like, nipple twist action at Moz with my fingers. I think he's a little concerned. Dang, dude. A purple nurple? Anywho, now let's do a little Heidegger shuffle. Roll on from the past into the already determined future of the more recent past.
0: And Did you just purple nurple <laughs> me with like in your mind, like with a brain beam? Purple nurple?
1: I Heideggered your purple nurple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Alrighty. But anywho, our Heidegger shuffle roll on from the past into the already determined future of the more recent past, and find ourselves back in 2016 again, where the original incidents happened. Sherman and in 2016. There was a breakthrough paper in the field of MAE, microwave auditory effect, and it didn't come from the U.S. or Russia. Any guesses? Moss, You left out China. Good guess. All right, hold on to your hats. It's time for my gratuitous geek out moment of the week here. In 2016, mere months before the original incident in in Havana, a trio of Chinese scientists published a paper entitled, quote, Theoretical analysis of transcranial magnetoacoustical stimulation with Hodgkin Huxley neuron model. Dang, that's a mouthful. Sounds like it's from the 19th century or something. But let's unpack that real quick. Yeah, really the Huxley quick. part. Yeah, it's very yeah, perennial. Right. It keeps coming up. But let's unpack that real quick. Uh, transcranial magnetoacoustical stimulation, T mass, as we will call it from here on out. To keep it real simple, and for our purposes in this discussion, is basically next-gen Frey effect. The Hodgkin-Huxley neuron model is, according to Wikipedia, a mathematical model that describes how action potentials in neurons are initiated and propagated, and it is used to create artificial neural networks. Previous experiments worked on the theory of transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is essentially the Frey effect. So that's TMS. We're missing the A, right? This paper is based on the theory of transcranial focused ultrasound stimulation, TIFUS, used in a novel way to create their hypothesis of transcranial magnetoacoustical stimulation, Timus.
0: So they're using the, wa- the audio as the, as the wave to ride. Into your brain,
1: they're using the electromagnetic and ultrasound because transcranial
0: cr- magnetic stimulation is very short.
1: Well, I, I have uh, here is an excerpt from the paper's introduction to explain just that. Transcranial magnetic stimulation, a non-invasive brain stimulation tool, has been used for treating and rehabilitating neurological and psychiatric disorders. However the spatial resolution of tms is more than several centimeters because the magnetic field cannot be effectively concentrated it means they're not pinpointing that spot on the brain that they really want it's a little too big additionally the stimulation depth of tms is limited because the alternating magnetic fields obey laplace's equation so they can't get deep enough into the brain to necessarily hit what they want either that's what that's compared with tms transcranial focused ultrasound stimulation is a non-invasive method for brain stimulation that can complete a stimulation at a high millimeter resolution level less than two millimeters so they can hit exactly what they're aiming at with that more than 40 years ago Frey et al. and Ballantine et al. have demonstrated that TIFAs had neuromodulatory potential Its effectiveness in neurostimulation has been confirmed in mice, rats, monkeys, and humans. TIFAs can stimulate intact brain circuits of mice and can modulate visual motor behavior in monkeys as well as the activity of the primary somatosensory cortex in humans. Okay, you may be asking what is the primary somatosensory cortex in humans? I think I I know that. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. According to simplepsychology.org, the somatosensory cortex is a region of the brain which is responsible for receiving and processing sensory information from across the body, such as touch, temperature, and pain. So it's basically your nervous system.
0: Your senses, the somato body. Right. So we
1: see some more brain control here. It stimulates brain circuits in mice. So it can, you know, instigate neural activity. And what I found most interesting there was it can modulate visual motor behavior in monkeys it means they can move their eyes around so like if you have a way to see through the monkey's eyes you mm-hmm. can then steer their eyes with this thing this
0: is what odin did with the ravens it's like a tech style yak
1: yeah it's, it's a exactly. tech yak oh my tech god it's yak. a tech yak
0: <laughs> there's a next t-shirt idea oh there. no omg it's a tech yak
1: Wow, I'm going to make myself a tech yak. We really, the more we get into this, the more I actually want this technology in my hand. I want a t- <laughs> t-shirt deal is what I'm talking about. All right. anywho, who, uh, back to this paper. This paper was looking for more advanced applications of these theories to help improve treatment for people with neurological, f- physiological, and or psychological ailments. It's very well intended. There is nothing directly sinister about this paper in itself. But Alan H. Frey and all the other academic Russian and American scientists that followed him were intent on the same thing. They were looking to help, but their countries invariably took their findings and attempted to weaponize them. And it does seem quite coincidental that this paper was released in China mere months before the Havana incident. Mm -hmm. Add all this up and now you have the big three Mm -hmm. in the Havana syndrome conspiracy race, U.S., Russia, and China.
0: Nice.
1: So that concludes our history lesson portion of this. Uh, Before we get into our theories and reckonings and all, let's look at it from one more angle. What do the headlines say about it? Duck. I actually found a lot of headlines from the past seven years concerning the saga of Havana Syndrome. So as not to go on all day with them, because we could, I'm going to have Moz read an article from February 3rd 2022 from aljazeera.com that does a good job of summing up where this story is at now. Maz?
0: Directed energy may cause mysterious Havana syndrome. U.S. panel. The findings leave open the possibility that illness reported by U.S. diplomatic staff could have been the work of adversaries. A panel of technical and medical experts convened by the U.S. intelligence apparatus have found that some cases of so-called Havana syndrome may be caused by directed electromagnetic energy. The findings released on Wednesday shed further light on the mysterious illness, an uncommon mix of ear pains, vertigo, nausea that hundreds of U.S. diplomatic workers have reported around the world. They also leave open the possibility that the illness, at least in a few cases, could be deliberate attacks by a U.S. adversary. Eric Lander... Director of the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, said in a statement on Wednesday that the panel worked for nearly nine months and was the first of several expert groups to have such extensive access to intelligent reporting and patient data. Out of hundreds of cases reported, a subset of AHIs, anomalous health incidents, cannot be easily explained by known environmental or medical conditions and could be due to external stimuli. an unclassified summary of expert reports released by the U.S. Director of National Intelligence. The experts said it is possible to create concealable devices that, using moderate amounts of energy, would direct electromagnetic energy or ultrasound waves to cause damage in a targeted person. The experts did not seek to determine if that technology currently exists or which actors may have used it. The findings add to a previous report by a National Academy of Science committee, commissioned by the U.S. State Department, which found that directed pulsed radio frequency energy appears to be the most plausible explanation for the symptoms. The most plausible. Yeah. It's uh, the Howard Stern effect. Yeah. (laughs) Baba buoy directed at your brain pan. Oh, God. (laughs) It also comes weeks after the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency concluded that only about two dozen cases of the ailment, out of about a thousand officially reported, did not have conventional medical or environmental explanations. The findings appeared to douse theories that the cases were part of a worldwide attack by an adversary. The CIA did not rule out attacks by a foreign adversary as the cause of the two dozen unexplained cases. Employees with Havana Syndrome symptoms have been reported at U.S. diplomatic facilities in Australia, Austria, China, Colombia, Germany, Russia, and most recently in France and Switzerland. The experts who conducted the most recent report for the intelligence community rejected other theories of causes, including ionizing radiation, chemical and biological agents, infrasound, audible sound, ultrasound, propagated over large distances, and
1: bulk heating from electromagnetic energy. So there you go, our list of countries has grown. And the CIA is admitting to at least some of these cases being most likely caused by some kind of DEW-directed energy weapon that produces effects proven to be possible by Alan H. Frey and all that came after him. That, to me, is the government admitting that there is something nefarious going on here. Have
0: they ruled out too much Cuban cigars and rum drinks from the Caribbean? Uh, Rum could definitely do that to you. It sounds like (laughs) it matches a lot of the symptoms that I experienced in the DR, which is not too far from there.
1: I once got a headache I thought was going to be permanent from rum. Yeah. (laughs) The Caribbean effect. But to add to this theory, here is an even more recent headline from the Washington Post on June 23, 2022. U.S. to give some Havana Syndrome victims six-figure compensation. The Biden administration plans to pay some diplomats and intelligence officers roughly 100 to $200,000 each to compensate for the mysterious health problems known as Havana Syndrome, according to congressional aides and a former official familiar with the matter. The payment plan is the culmination of a multi-year push by Congress, which passed a law last fall mandating that the State Department and CIA compensate current and former officials suffering from what the government calls anomalous health incidents, or AHIs. Despite six years of investigations, the United States still lacks certainty about what is causing the symptoms.
0: Have your loved one been smoking too many cigars and drinking too many rum <laughs> drinks in the Caribbean?
1: You may be eligible for a cash reward. But, but really, they wouldn't be paying for it if they didn't think it was really a thing, right, Moss? Or they're fessing up to the big three that used it. There you go. So this has been a study on the leading theory behind the Havana Syndrome. Most people involved believe this, at least in some cases, to be nefarious attacks with a so far unknown weapon. However, we would be remiss if we did not cover the other theories that have been put forward. One notably different take on the issue comes from Canadian scientists who have been looking for a possible chemical-based cause of the Havana Syndrome. Here is a blurb from the aforementioned Spyscape article. Dozens of Canadian embassy staff and their
0: families also became ill in Havana 2016 leading Canadian researchers to suggest Havana syndrome may be linked to chemicals used in pesticides, insecticides, and nerve gases. Cuba launched an aggressive campaign against mosquitoes in 2016 to stop the Zika virus spraying in and around offices and diplomatic residences. Separately the US academies looked at chemical pollutants along with other possible causes including an infectious disease, but decided the explanation didn't add up.
1: So the chemical theory did ultimately seem to have something to it, and the CIA got on board with the Canadian hypothesis and was able to determine that chemicals in the environment could possibly explain a good number of the cases, but it couldn't be rationally applied to all of them. It's theories such as these that led the CIA to debunk the mysterious origins of a lot of supposed Havana Syndrome cases But in the end, as we've said, there were still dozens left that could not be explained away by anything other than a purposeful attack on the victims. Looks like we've got ourselves a full-blown conspiracy here, Moz. Now let's get into our own theories on this. I wrote out a few potential conspiracy theories, culminating with my very own Ahul Guano theory that's battier than cookie dough. Then we'll hear what the skeptics have to say about it. You ready, Moz? I'm ready. And I'll, I'll let you do your theories before we move on from this too, but let me get through these ones I wrote out first okay? and see if you have anything to add. So theory one, the U.S. has been the target of a foreign power who is using this against us. This seems to be the underlying thought people have on this, including many of the U.S. government officials and victims involved. Does this make sense to you, Maz? No. That it, No?
0: Um, oh, I guess you got to say it first. Then I say no.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think it's a foreign adversary using this against us?
0: No, I, I I'm I'm more interested right now in the technology as to who the evil tw- twins using this. Uh, you know, it's just
1: that's politics. Just all up for conjecture, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. Two. I didn't see this one written anywhere, so I flushed it out a bit. This is kind of maybe what I really think. Hear me out. What if the U.S. is doing this to itself? The U.S. is testing a new tech. They want to get battle ready, but they don't want anyone to know they have it. Testing it on their own people in a way that makes it look like foreign attack would be a great way to throw everyone off the scent, and this would explain a lot of factors. The fact that the targets are primarily U.S. intelligence personnel, but never anyone too high-ranking or seemingly important to the chain of command. Kamala Harris? Yeah, they warned her first. Okay. The fact that no one has come forward to take credit for the attacks. The fact that the U.S. government supposedly can't figure out what's going on, but is ready to pay out on the cases they can't find a way to attribute to some other cause. Mm -hmm. In this excerpt... From that article you read for us, Moz, quote, the experts said it is possible to create concealable devices with direct electromagnetic energy or ultrasound waves to cause damage in a targeted person. The experts did not seek to determine if that technology currently exists or which actors may have used it, unquote. So they know it's a thing. They admit it's a thing. But they're not going to try to figure out who's behind it. It all seems very ominous to me, Moss. This is the darkest timeline conspiracy in the mix here, as far as I can come up with. Is the U.S. government using their own people for guinea pigs for this new weapons tech just playing it off like they have no idea what's going on? Are they going to come kick my door in and make me disappear for this one, Moss? Because I was really hoping this podcast would go on for a few years before that happened.
0: I was trying to think of taking it over, so I think this works into my master plan. Pinky in the brain. The brain just takes over the pinky at some point. Oh no! Yeah. So I'm the pinky.
1: <laughs> That's not good. You're the thumb. You know. Oh boy, Sergeant Hulkka That did not go where I was thinking it would. <laughs> but anywho, let let me know what you listeners think about that theory in the comments, please. That the CIA is actually behind all this. But anywho, the saga continues. This article is from politico.com published on march 6th 2023 pentagon still probing what caused havana syndrome even after spy agencies found no smoking gun dod researchers are testing weapons to find out what's behind the unexplained health problem the defense department is continuing to conduct its own research into what the government calls anomalous health incidents including what may have caused them and whether a weapon is responsible, according to five people familiar with the effort. The research into the mysterious ailment referred to as Havana Syndrome that has affected more than a thousand government employees over the past several years is continuing despite an intelligence community assessment released last week that said there was no evidence to support the theory that the incidents were caused by a foreign adversary wielding a weapon. So let me cut in here for a second. I just want to point out how that last paragraph kind of sums up the whole situation with Havana syndrome. I like how you pointed while you said you're pointing (laughs) out. (laughs) They continue to research how this could be done with a weapon. while at the same time claiming there is no evidence to believe that it is caused by a weapon.
0: 1975. Some of these things you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And it goes way back. Yeah. It is so hard to lock in on anything with these stories to the point that one has to start at least weighing the possibility that the whole thing is being misinformationed into just nonsensicalness. But just,
0: that's that's what I thought when I, I we started this. I thought that this was even you said nineteen seventy five. Some I feel like the Havana syndrome
1: is an older
0: phenomenon than twenty sixteen. And
1: well, that's that's the first cases that got the name right. They've they were, obviously now that we've gone through it. Obviously, the technology has been being worked on for decades. You know, it started in the 60s.
0: When I got drunk in the DR, it was the Punta Cana syndrome, <laughs> which was definitely wana and, and cigars.
1: But uh, let's, let's get back to this article. You want to read the rest of this for me, Moss?
0: I certainly can. The Pentagon's research arm, including the Army and Air Force Research Laboratories, are testing weapon systems to try to determine what could cause the symptoms, according to two former intelligence officials with knowledge of the efforts. Meanwhile, a cross-functional team in the Pentagon's mandate by Congress remains focused on addressing the incidents. This includes the causation, attribution, mitigation, identification, and treatment for such incidents. The DOD team primarily deals with helping those affected by the incidents and is not focused on creating weapons, Robinson said. But the Pentagon is working on developing defenses against the syndrome, As investigating to see if it is possible that a weapon could be responsible. An email from a Pentagon official reassured victims that the DOD term is keeping the course. The official urged victims to continue to report any incidents you may have experienced and encourage those around you to do the same. Sounds like UAPs.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: The news that the Pentagon is continuing to study the issue comes after most intelligence agencies concluded in a comprehensive investigation led by the ODNI released Wednesday that it is very unlikely a foreign adversary using weapons was responsible for the incidents. But the seven agencies that participated had varying levels of confidence in the final determination. Two of the agencies, which intelligence officials would not name, had low confidence in the assessment because they still believe radio frequency RF energy is a plausible cause, according to a statement from the Director of National Intelligence,
1: Avril Haines. So there we go. This is one of those issues where the more you try to learn about it, the less you feel you know. But it's out there, it's happening, and I think it's an important thing for people to be aware of, especially if it does turn out to be a foreign adversary with a literal secret weapon. So yeah. you said you had some theories on this as well Moz, but what are, what do you got for us Yeah I feel really much
0: safer that it's the CIA using it as as uh, using it on their own I feel much safer
1: with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh it what? sounds
1: so horrible but it's actually know. a good point I don't know. It's actually a good cuz at least it's in our hands know. and not someone else's right yeah even if our hands aren't no, really the right I hands <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think it's all state are the good hands they're if, the only good hands if left. any
1: if all the hands are the wrong hands then it, you at least want it in your hands right right
0: exactly that's 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 where I begin and end my my theorizing Oof. no I the only thing and I told you this before we started the only thing I looked into when you said you were going to do the Havana syndrome was the 5g because that's what I thought. Right. Well, I at least have to look into this, you know, because this is stuff that's happening and cell towers. And it turns out that, so 24 to 52 gigahertz is what 5G is at. And 3 million gigahertz is when radiation starts to ionize. If You, it, you know, so basically, if you believe the information that they're telling
1: us. It's not even close to being dangerous. It's nowhere
0: near. Now, I'm not saying anything's safe because...
1: Well, all they got to do is oh, tweak yeah. those transmitters, right. man. Like we were talking yeah. about.
0: I know. I, I think that uh, I think maybe Cuba has six G, and that's what oh. I'm, that's my my theory. I'm holding out for eight <laughs> G. That's when I, I don't really start what messing it means. with your brain, you know. But the other thing I and this is what I I this is my only understanding of this stuff is you know ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. It's when they they hooked you up. Basically, it's electroshock treatment. Right. back in the day the
1: newer kinder way of doing it
0: no this is the older oh more you're talking about way. the old nasty way. Okay. yeah the transcranial stuff that you were talking about um that's where it's more targeted and it didn't go it didn't penetrate the right ways oh, or I whatever see. okay but basically a transcranial electromagnetic impulses is kind of the next step it sounds like the auditory Part is what's the wave that's carrying it further. Because right. you would have to go into a, a facility and they'd have to hook you up to these trans, you know, they'd have to, they're shooting these more targeted electrical impulses into your brain. Right, right, The audio, I guess, is the carrier wave to get it into your brain better. And to me, it sounds like a, a, an incredibly nefarious thing. But also, it reminds me of what I'm preparing my own episode for, which was related. I've, I've read about this. It's going to come into relevance in a number of different episodes, but oh, okay. there's a God helmet and they can actually get all these, they can hook, they can basically stimulate different parts of your brain and get different kind of altered states of consciousness.
1: Right. And that's what this original research was doing was they were trying to find more, more precise ways to treat these things. Like you're talking, like they used to use right. the electroshock therapy before. that's Really what all these scientists are looking for is better ways of doing that.
0: Right. So the military stepped in and said, "Well, we just we just pointed at you and turn it up to 11. <laughs> this is episode 11. <laughs>
1: turn it up to 11. So now. the military is
0: going <laughs> spinal tap with us.
1: My Havana syndrome machine goes up to 11. That's right. Oh, boy. Yeah. And on that note, let's get into my ahul guano theory of the week. Oh, no, here it comes. Quick. To the batshit signal! The reptilians did it, of course. We all know that the reptilians have infiltrated all levels of U.S. government. They have these brain fry rays they carry around, and whenever a lowly human starts catching wise to the true form of a reptilian operative, the reptilian busts out their neuro ray, fries the curiosity right out of them. It would make sense that the CIA would suffer most from this, as they are the ones who would be most likely to catch on to such shenanigans by our alien overlords. What do you think, Boz? I like it.
0: I think, I think you're onto something there. Nice.
1: When in doubt, blame the reptilians. That, <laughs> that's become my rule for the Alhu Guano well, theory. <laughs>
0: well, I, I wrote something, but I think you mentioned it. Like I, I, I went with UFO base near Cuba because that would give off the radiation. Oh, yeah. Didn't you mention, isn't there something about that in there? Are, are they
1: hiding UFOs at Gitma? Yeah. It, yes. Could be. Yeah, Could be. Seriously, though, uh, just to get a little bit back on point, the concept of this being an alien technology and connected to the weird effects people suffer from UFO UAP encounters, it I think is really something to think about, if you like to think about that sort of thing. I don't, but okay. <laughs> I do. I think about it a lot. <laughs> I have, so you're you're too busy thinking about ancient shape shifting shaman. Yeah. I'm I'm caught up in the new world of UAPs. Yeah.
0: I thought we were gonna talk about Medusa and then it became this project. <laughs> <laughs> she is definitely a project, yep, not Medusa. She is. But I have my own outhul guano if you want to hear. Oh yeah, it. totally. Please. I totally have one. Uh you remember the sky trumpet, that sky quake thing they're hearing all over the world, this really strange oh, sound. yeah. What if that skyquake thing and the Taos hum fall in love and want to go to the Caribbean on a nice vacation to, you know, kind of a honeymoon for them? That's where you get Havana syndrome. It's it's the wow. pairing of
1: those two. That was way more ahuli than mine. <laughs> I also have a defense. How did you beat me on my own Ahu-Guano theory? Oh, I
0: I already have a defense for this. Do it. And uh, I did almost no research. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> what if subdermal popcorn
1: kernel implants? <laughs> that sounds like a really really just like twisted form of torture.
0: No, no, not as a torture. You implant son.
1: all the kernels under their skin and then heat them up with a microwave. No, this is your you just do a
0: few as a canary in the coal mine. If they start to pop on your skin, oh. you know to get out of the area. This is a warning system. Interesting. People are willing to put chips in, like Musk, have Musk put chips in their brain. So where, you, where would you put these
1: kernels specifically? <laughs> I, <you> know, this <laughs> is a, This is just the prototype of this project. But it, it's a canary kernel, though.
0: Yeah. yeah you just you put a few in there. But, put, I, I would guess offhand, since you put me on the spot. You do a few in different locations of your body, mostly around the brain, because that's what they're targeting.
1: True. Do it in the head. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or so you just like one in each temple. Oh, that's gonna hurt so bad. If you don't if want pops. anything
0: as invasive, I'm just thinking this now. What about earrings filled with
1: uncooked popcorn? That's a much better theory. And then yeah. when it starts popping, you know, yeah. you get the hell out of there. Yeah, exactly. I like the earring thought much better than the subdermal thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you came back around on that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No. All, All right. right, enough of this Ahoolie nonsense. Let's uh, switch gears and get into our Sir Richard Scully Muggle Skeptics Review. You're, you're, you're full of crap, and that's the nicest thing that I can say. All right, so obviously there's a whole lot of skeptics when it comes to Havana Syndrome. There have been a number of articles and even a couple of books, which I will note have very low ratings online just want to say that selfishly, but uh, they stick to the old adage. It's all in your head. Mm. The skeptics say that the supposed victims of Havana syndrome are suffering from a psychological or physiological affliction that required no outside force to manifest. It's all in their heads. Either that, or they attribute it all entirely to the environmental argument. Chemical. Of it, you know. Yeah. Of it being chemically caused. Yeah. Exactly. The Canadian hypothesis. Uh, I think this is very short-sighted in light of all the evidence, findings, and theories put forth by people directly involved in the events and investigations, but I am just the philosopher here. Uh, you're our resident psychology guy, Maz. What What do you think of the skeptical, it's all in your head theory?
0: Well, I said it earlier. Mass psychogenic illness—that's all they ever say—and and there's something to it, just like we talked about with the placebo effect. It's very strong. The placebo effect—if you think something—if you think you're going to Cuba, and now everyone you start to hear everybody that went on this trip got sick, and then you come back, and now you're—you know—you feel—it's just like the Ouija board phenomenon to some degree. Right. Right. I mean, there's something to that, but I don't. Give it a lot of weight. I, I feel like people are there to do a job. They're not that worried. Um, this is this is what they do. They go to different parts of the world, and they. I, I don't think they would be that frightened that they would manifest an illness. I don't think mass psychogenic illness actually uh, captures what's happening here.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's not like it all was, it's not like all 1,000 cases happened in the same place that had a reputation for it. Yeah. I, I don't think it ever happened in H- in Cuba again after that initial incident, just got the name from it because that's where it first happened. Right. It happens randomly in random parts of the world to random people. I, I can't see people having that preset mindset of, oh, if I go there, I'm going to get the Havana syndrome because there is no place to align with that. It's too random.
0: So the 1,000 you're talking about, and, and maybe I missed this, it, only the first batch of these happened in Cuba. This right. ends up being just a, a global phenomenon.
1: As as far as I saw in the research, I never saw Cuba mentioned again for any other incidents of this. So it, m-
0: it makes mass psychogenic illness even less likely then. Right. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's,
1: it's like dozens of countries around the world now are on the list. It's crazy.
0: You know, all around the world, statues crumble for me. I don't know if that's related, but it's true.
1: Anywho, so now that we've covered all our bases on the opposing theories, let's see where we both stand on this issue with our Scully-Mulder believability scale. They feel your methods, your theories are? Spooky? Do you think I'm spooky?
0: Wait, why am I
1: Scully? You want to go first? You want me to go first?
0: I'm going to go first. A thousand is a big N, but it's not a monstrous N. So about a thousand people are reporting some type of illness. That's not huge. It's Pretty big though, uh, so I, I I would say since the technology exists, since they're using it, the police are using it potentially to disperse. Since other countries, a, a few big ones that come to mind now, what the last sighting was seven, I think countries that are starting to use this. It seems like this is something to be concerned about. So I'm going to give it more of a like a six, like it's above, it's above baseline that we need to look at what's happening here a little bit. That's what I would—that's where I would put it—that this is enough okay. relevance to be like. I think something might be happening here, and we need to keep our ears perked up. We need to get our earrings filled with kernels of corn.
1: So you—you—you you moderately believe in it at a six.
0: I—I I think it's enough to
1: to be, be beyond, aware. Yeah, beyond. Yeah, beyond the, the placebo the effect. Yeah, of five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. I—I—I well, uh, I, I had heard about Havana syndrome a lot before getting into my research. But I, you know, didn't have all that history that I found and not, you know, I didn't have all, all the facts just reading a random headline once in a while. So I, I'd say I started out at about a five, didn't really have an opinion either way. Uh, but after doing this research, seeing everything the investigators, victims, theorists have to say about it, I'm pretty convinced that at least in the cases noted by the C- CIA as being otherwise wholly inexplicable, that there is something nefarious at work here. Yeah. Uh, I I pretty well convinced myself. um, I'm going to give it an eight. Nice. Not in disagreement. I had a nine in my notes, but now that it's settled a little, I'm not super sure that it's some kind of weapon, but I'm pretty sure there's something going on with that. When you look at this history of the development of the technologies, the specific countries that it's coming out of with the U S Russia and China, like they're talking about an arms race, man. Those guys never stop with that crap. So like in in my mind I'm pretty I'm not like definite definite but I'm pretty definite that there's something nefarious behind at least some of this.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why I said with the six if I had to say yes or no I'm going with yes,
1: you know. And uh all right, well uh let's wrap it up here with our final segment, Wolfman Puck's Cryptid Culinary Corner. Your uh, own oh, smells good, uh. <laughs> All right, I just want to warn everyone, this one's gross. Not that they aren't all gross at some level, or at least most of them. But uh, considering our subject matter, we are going to invite Wolfman Puck's zombie friends to dinner tonight. Wow. And the main ingredient for this entree will be human brains.
0: Dang. Wait,
1: wait. Oh, because they're being already cooked for you. You're just taking
0: advantage of the fact that they're already cooked. See you always take advantage of what's happening in an in an evil and nefarious way and then win. It's terrible. I don't even want to do mine
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. It's like I already won and we <laughs> you haven't already even started. won, man. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You already went. You're cooking brains with. I, oh, no, I have like a whole thing. Oh, you did? You I, did. I actually didn't even. No, I. I and well, then, finish. It's funny that you said that because I didn't even think about that. The brains coming pre cooked. No, wait, wait. So you
0: didn't even think. You won because you didn't even think of it? I have to tell you what you we just did. We have to go
1: before we know who won. Oh, man. We'll just finish well, that. Well, now you can. I'll do mine. Yeah. And then you can take your pre cooked brains thing because I didn't even use that.
0: No, you already got it. You already did it because you did zombies, which is perfect.
1: Well, let me do my I actual- did something,
0: I did something similar, but go ahead. But let, you win in that. Let round. me do
1: my actual breakdown of the meal here. So, considering the attendees, horde of hungry zombies, mm-hmm. I will be preparing brains tartare, mm. actually. Each plate would have one full brain, seasoned with onions, capers, mushrooms, pepper, wushishishash. Sorry, that's the only way I know how to say it. Lemon pepper and parsley. You're
0: from Massachusetts. You should be able to say
1: Wushishishash.
0: Yeah, that's close.
1: Yeah. Lemon pepper and parsley with a raw egg yolk on top. On the side, a basket of toasted bread rounds to smear the delectable delight on, if you wish. Nice. For beverages, Mm -hmm. I would offer our zombified guests a choice of Mayabe beer, Mm -hmm. a favorite among the locals in Havana. Nice. And for those looking for something a little stronger, some Havana Club Maximo Extra Añejo rum. Mm -hmm. Only the good stuff for our undead VIPs. Oh, I always feel worse after one of these segments, Moz. I guess it's the sacrifice we make for our art. Hey, but brain is brain food. Yeah, you know, I've eaten cow you know. brain.
0: Well, I'm just saying, you're if eating, I was you're a zombie, a I would eat human brain. Obviously, yeah, I mean that's who we're feeding. What you talking is. about?
1: All right, so that's my breakdown of what I would serve. How about you, Moz?
0: I've lost. So the only thing I'm going to say, <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say is that a you didn't even know what you said to win, which is equally as infuriating to you winning, mm-hmm. but I did say I would use a pressure cooker because I, I think oh, that I was going to use, sense, yeah. so I, I did kind of want to kind of capture the essence of making my meal with the pressure cooker, but but that's it. I don't want to say anything more. I think we are going to hand it over to
1: you. You're just oh. forfeiting this one?
0: Well, I you know, you...
1: you I kind of nailed it.
0: You nailed it without knowing what. See, that's what that Zen thing that's going on, where you just kind of tap in mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to what's happening and and when. And it's it's infuriating. I nice. mean, so nice. But I like to. Yeah, win. I, I I
1: I give up. Is there um, anything else you'd like to add before I wrap it up here, Moss? Well, you know, this
0: will be my last episode on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the zombies ate his brain the everybody Maz will not be brain. returning next week why are you pointing
0: that thing at me But you always bring this equipment in here and you point it at me What? what, what is this it's, about
1: and, and now people will believe me when I say that you quit after every episode because this is like the third time you've done it on mic I think at least second Yeah, I've quit a lot more times than that oh he quits after every episode <laughs> <Yeah>. probably <laughs> keeps coming back it's, it's that brain control I have. Yeah. My Jedi mind tricks on you, Moz. There you go. Anywho, let's uh, wrap it on up here for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're on so you can keep track of the Monster Lore Tour as we roll along. And leave us some comments on the episode what, wherever you're listening so we know how we did. In the member's side trail this week, we'll be talking about updates on the U.S. Navy building its very own UAP. This will be available only in our members area, which you can find at our Patreon at patreon.com slash monster lore tour. You can also get early access to future episodes and all the other bonus material we'll be coming up with in the future. So if you're interested, please check it out. In the meantime, we'll see you back here next week at the edge of nowhere for the next monster lore tour. Have a good one, listener. You gotta turn your gain up a little bit higher
0: than mine. We shouldn't sing All the Gains Are Down again, because
1: we've done that before. All the gains are down. Down The the gains gains are down. down. Shut up!